It's car con carne. Let's eat in the car. It's car con carne. Welcome to Carcon Carne. Here I am. I'm James Van Osdell. Carcon Carne is sponsored by our friends at Siren Records McHenry, 3902 Main Street in McHenry. I love going there. I've said this before. It's pretty much the only place I've been to other than the grocery store and various restaurants for carryout during the entire pandemic. And the thing about Siren, it's so cool. It actually converted my my teenage son. You know, teenagers, they're, they're sullen. They're unwilling to play along with what their parents like. It converted Siren Records converted my son into a vinyl collector. Like that's the one thing we do every weekend. We we go record shopping, and I guarantee you, this weekend we're going to Siren Records McHenry. That's like our social hub at this point. Check it out for yourself. Siren Records McHenry, thirty nine zero two Main Street. Coming up on this show Friday night, it's a double feature. Lou Malnati's, the honorable, the legendary, the iconic Lou Malnati's, turns fifty this year. Next week, in fact, they're celebrating their fiftieth anniversary. Owner of Lou, Lou Malnati's Mark Malnati will be joining me to talk about the legacy of Lou's also old friend Joel Frieders of hope for the day which is a really wonderful organization will be coming back on to talk about the new hope for the day IPA initiative so we're going to be talking about mental health and beer good stuff now next week I, I can scarcely believe this is happening Barbara Magnolfi she was in the movie Suspiria the first one the OG 1977 a horror classic an Italian cinema legend Barbara will be on the show next week. I, I can't even believe I'm saying those words out loud. But tonight, tonight, I am joined. I love how this works. I'm joined by Jason Baygood. He is the bassist and vocalist for the long lost band, Urban Idols. Uh, nice to see you. Thanks for doing this. Yeah, thank you. Thanks for having me. Uh, this is going to sound like I'm reading. It's because I am. Urban Idols. No worries. Urban Idols is a late 90s Chicago punk band that played everywhere from Fireside Bowl to Double Door back in the day. The final. Urban Idol's album was recorded at Sonic Iguana Studios in 2000. Here we are 20 years later. Revisited is on Punkhead Records. It's a blast of really well done turn of the century Chicago punk rock. Uh, is this just closure at this point, putting this record out for the band? Yeah, pretty, pretty much. I mean, you know, what it's been is, you know, there's definitely a resurgence, especially in the, the pop punk bubble these days. And there's so many more new um, underground punk labels putting things out, uh, new bands as well as reissues from older bands. And uh, really just through, you know, the power of the Internet, just reconnected uh, with some of the guys from Punkhead Records. Um, I think, you know, those guys, uh, you know, uh, mainly the guys from the Capcom Heroes, they were previously in a band, the Cancer Merchants, that used to, you know, we actually were on a compilation with them uh, back in the day. And uh, they started this label, Punkhead Records. And, you know, we just kind of started talking. And I said to them, you know, they, they remembered the band. And I said, hey, you know, we actually had our final studio session uh, back in the fall of 2000, as you mentioned, that just never really saw the light of day. Um, we sat on it really after we recorded it. That was actually the last thing we did as a band. So not many people have heard any of those songs. So, um, you know, the timing was right to, you know, they were interested in putting it out digitally. And, you know, here we are today. I, I think the thing that's most striking about these songs, they sound vital. They, they, it's hard to believe they've been buried for two decades. They right. Sound contemporary. They sound badass. They're hooky and edgy all at the same time. This is great stuff you've been sitting on. Oh, thank you. Appreciate it. And so the album, the, the final release, I'm assuming it's a final release, is revisited. <laughs> 
Uh, so was this, did you, are, are you still talking to the other guys in the band? Is everyone, cause you probably all had to have a meeting about putting this out, didn't you? Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. So, you know, a, a handful of the guys I talk to regularly, um, that, you know, kind of still, you know, around in the scene. So, you know, still see it shows, uh, you know, our guitarist, Mike Byrne, you know, went on to the methadone. So, you know, he's still been in the scene this whole time. Um, so, you know, talk to him off and on, you know, both in person and online. Uh, the other guys actually uh, moved to California for, for work and other reasons. So, you know, you know, through social media, I've kept in contact with them. But, you know, uh, having this opportunity to do this release, you know, got us all back talking collectively for the first time in a long time. So, so that's been fantastic. So we'll get into some of the songs and we'll get into the release a little bit more. Before we go there, let's jump backwards. You guys sure. started off in 1997? Yeah, that's correct. You mentioned Mike Byrne. You two met on AOL. Yeah. Oh, well, I've known him. Him and his uh, and his brother going back to late '80s, early '90s. We <laughs> funny story. Actually, first met. Um, you know, you you mentioned uh, Siren Records before. You know, uh, I'm a vinyl junkie. Uh, Mike is a vinyl junkie too. We actually met at a, a local record convention that they used to have monthly um, in Hillside. I and love the Hillside Records. Oh, okay. Yeah, they still yeah. have them now. Yeah. 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 So yeah, back in the day, that's actually where we first met. And, you know, we just would see each other at shows off and on, you know, throughout the nineties. And, you know, um, you know, we went to different high schools and, you know, I went off to college and then, yeah, exactly. Uh, back in, I think it was, yeah, 97 when I came back from college, uh, on AOL through just, there was a chat room. I think it was like local Chicago punk or something. And ironically, uh, you know, we, there was a thread about, I was, it was about Naked Raygun, <laughs> and, and, and it was brought up that uh, this one uh, Naked Raygun show that we realized we were both at, and just as we were talking back and forth, we kind of realized, hey, I know you, I know you, and then, yeah, it, it, um, both of us were not in bands at the time, and, you know, we both just really kind of had, uh, you know, we kind of laid the foundation that we really wanted to do in homage to, you know, just the classic Chicago punk sound, um, you know, with a little bit of rock and roll thrown in uh, that kind of came came after afterwards, so... Was Raygun really the, the the big one? Was that the one who you were immediately drawn to as you were a kid discovering punk rock? Uh, earlier than that, ironically, Raygun for me, even though being a local band was a little bit later. I mean, like a lot of, uh, you know, I'm 46. So my gateway into music was definitely kind of like heavy metal than thrash metal. And then what kind of got me into punk was definitely kind of when the crossover scene of the late 80s was kind of coming on, you know, bands like DRI, et cetera. So my early gateway was probably more like hardcore. So a lot of the New York hardcore stuff and Seven Seconds was probably my first true, I would say, true underground band that really drew me in to DIY punk rock. Um, and then, you know, here locally, you know, radio stations like WNUR with their mm -hmm. Fast and Loud show, that was huge. That, I mean, I'll never forget very first time I heard Ray Gun was only the song only in America. And like, whoa, what, what is this? You know, a punk band having saxophones and, you know, that, that was insane, but it was, it was edgy and it, it was fantastic. So um, yeah, th that was kind of my first exposure, but uh, they weren't my first punk band per se, you know, even though they were local. But then of course, as I got into them, uh, you know, and they, you know, kept releasing new material, of course, started seeing them at, you know, the Riviera all the time. And, but yeah, they, they were definitely probably the, the, foundation for what we wanted to do with urban idols definitely with a mix of some post-punk and you know even some english stuff like stiff little fingers was a big influence who obviously <laughs> were a huge influence on ray gun too so that's kind of a <laughs> granular so, so set the scene because for a lot of people who 
didn't get to experience the Chicago scene of the 90s, and especially the mm-hmm. punk rock scene of the 90s, it has this almost Camelot type of vibe to people who weren't there. It's this magical time. Right. Was it for you when you were deep oh, in it, when you were late 90s playing Fireside Bowl? Was it, absolutely. Was it- yeah, ab- absolutely. And e- even before, what, what's kind of missing today is, you know, you had those dedicated venues like, you know, so when I was in high school, you know, there was like McGregor's was like, you know, the all ages spot. And you knew that every Wednesday and Sunday was going to be punk rock. So, you know, that's where, you know, that's where I saw, you know, bands like, you know, Screeching Weasel, Sludgeworth, Pegboy, and then all the nationals that kind of came through, you know, everyone from Green Day to whoever, you know, played there. And uh, so that's what kind of really built a scene. And that's what really kind of drew me in because, you know, it wasn't just discovering the music and loving the music. It was also being part of a scene and then seeing bands like that, and realizing, hey, I can do that. <laughs> you know, maybe not as well as the bands that I <laughs> that I love. But, but you know, it, it was kind of accessible. It was something that could be in reach. And then um, that even got accelerated when 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 Fireside Bowl, you know, later on came because, you know, they had gigs almost every night of the week two gigs a night. So, you know, uh, you know, um, getting gigs there, you know, it was pretty much just getting slotted on the schedule. So, you know, by default, just, you know, it could be ironic, you know, you could be playing a local gig, you know, one month and three months later, you know, you, you get on a gig with, you know, a great national, that's a fit. And it was just, it was, it was just really great time. There was just a lot more opportunity. And, you know, I also feel too, that bands worked a lot harder, you know, just really putting the grind in, you know, helping promote and being part of that whole process. It truly was a scene. And, um, everyone knew each other, right? Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> Bump into them at, you know, record stores, coffee shops, everywhere. <laughs> so was this, was Urban Idol's like peak band experience for you? I mean, even though it's been 20 years, it was this like the moment? Yeah. Yeah, ab- absolutely. For, for, for me personally. Yeah. I mean, I, I, you know, I've been in bands before and bands since, but um, as far as for what I'm really into and, you know, the bands I got to play with the studios that we got to record at for me personally. Yeah. That was definitely the pinnacle of my musical career for sure. So it, it ended kind of abruptly and this yeah. leads me to revisited. Uh, what happened? Mike and Trey went to the methadones. Was yeah, that, absolutely. That was yeah. the end. Yeah, that, that pretty that pretty much was it. I mean, that was that was I mean, that was a major factor. I mean, you know, and um, you know, I, I formed the band with Mike. I mean, we, you know, you know, of course, when the other guys came in, we wrote the music together. But, you know, we had the original idea for what we wanted to accomplish with this band, you know, musically. And of course, when they had the opportunity to join the methadones, of, of course, they wanted to jump on that. And, and I get it. That was going to open up the door for you know, advanced recording opportunities and touring opportunities, things that me at, at my time and where I was at in my life, I certainly was not able to do. Um, so when they got that opportunity, you know, it was just kind of, you know, the, you know, kind of without those guys in the band, it was just kind of, yeah. And, and for where I was at in my life too, it was, it was just a good time to kind of call it quits. So these songs, these Sonic Iguana songs have resurfaced uh, on Punkhead records. It is yep. revisited. At, at the time you kind of put them on the shelf. Did you do it with some bit of regret? Like, Oh shit, I can't believe we're not going to do anything with this. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. It, it killed me. I mean, that's why I'm so ecstatic that, that these finally saw the lay of day. I mean, it's, it's definitely the best recording that I've ever been on. You know, the, um, you know, some of the favorite songs that I've ever been part of writing and just, I mean, just sonically, I just think they sound fantastic and you they know. really do. I mean, this is, if someone asks, well, what does Chicago punk sound like? Well, this, <laughs> this is it. Yeah. I mean, yeah. I mean, yeah. Go ahead. We didn't, we certainly didn't originate the sounds, but yeah, we, we, we definitely were influenced by it. So, 
So you, there's a video for Conspiracy. Big yep. hook on that song. Yeah. That, that's the song Absolutely. I, I, could, I could have imagined going further back in the day. Or yeah. going somewhere back in the day. Not further. It didn't go anywhere. Going somewhere back in the day. Yeah. I mean, I, I, ironically, that was actually the second time we had recorded the song. But um, the first time we recorded, I mean, this, this was definitely, you know, an improvement in, you know, how we played the song and everything. I mean, it was it was a song that we knew when we, you know, booked a session at Sonic Iguana. Yeah, this is definitely a song that we need to re-record. And Dead Ringers is the first song. that That's yep. just awesome in your face kind of stuff. Yep. Yeah, that's definitely kind of our uh, garage punk and roll, whatever you want to call it. De- definitely some Motorhead in there, too. <laughs> So a couple other songs, Late Night Residual, Brighter yeah. Day, Vertigo. This is just a solid set of music. Again, it's shocking that it just has been sitting on a shelf. And, and no one really was the wiser that it was sitting there. I mean, it right. just... No. I, I, and nostalgia being what it is and, and the drive to reconnect with the things that make us happy, this is an important thing to put out there. I, I love hearing this. I, I'm glad you guys and, and Punk had unearthed this and put it out into the universe. Now, the next challenge is yep. getting this on vinyl because you're a vinyl junkie. Yes, I am. And yes, I've had that conversation. So we'll see. We'll see how it goes. <laughs> so with the other guys, since you are in touch with them to some extent, uh, more or less, was there a conversation like, well, this is out in the universe. Maybe we should do something to back this up when the world gets back to normal. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, the the, the, the talks have been there, you know, like, you know, you know, can we possibly all go into our own studio and maybe, you know, knock out some originals or maybe even some covers. And, you know, I mean, there's been some opportunities out there. I mean, obviously, you know, when something like this goes out, of course you start getting contacted, Hey, you know, how active are you guys? You know, um, obviously, you know, could we ever all get together? I mean, if we could all get together and record something or, or, or work on tunes, that would be fantastic. I mean, I think folks would be open to it. Um, it's just, you know, unfortunately, you know, (laughs) geographically where we are um, but what with with technology now who, who knows what could be so as far as members go dan's an interesting guy just vocally yeah he is he's got his own sound absolutely i would encourage people to listen to this if nothing else just to hear his voice because i think it's so damn cool you know it's it's funny that you mentioned that because he's always kind of been the you know he's very charismatic and if you know i know it, it, there's not a lot of video of us out there live um I don't think anything that's online, but, you know, he's he definitely is possessed by David Lee Roth as much as Iggy Pop. And he sounds oh. like Jello. <laughs> so it's a, it's, it's it's you know, he's kind of like me. You know, he, he's influenced by not just punk, but so many other things. I think that's what made our band unique, because, I mean, even though we are a punk band, but I mean, we've been called everything from garage to rock and roll to punk and roll. And um, I'm fine with all of it, <laughs> to be quite frank with you. Well, you you're, know, a Midwest, you're a Midwestern guy. I mean, exactly. That's, that's the diet we all were raised on. Exactly. You know, Husker Du, Ray Gun. I mean, it's not all just one. You can't just pigeonhole it to one genre, and, nor would I want to. Hell no. Uh, speaking of Husker Du, I bought a warehouse at Siren Records. Oh, oh sweet. My. Yeah, I that's love- not my, I need to get out there. I want to see their Lillington Shrine. It is definitely a shrine, but my God, that, that warehouse album standing in the rain. Yeah. Like a top 10 song, but back to you revisited yep. the, the stuff recorded at Sonic Iguana. Uh, we can listen to it on Bandcamp. We can buy it on Bandcamp. We can actually support you guys and, and buy the digital recordings. Cause after a while, yep. I'm sure you've experienced this. If you listen to the same stuff over, over and over on Bandcamp, you get that message. Yeah. Now it's probably a good time for you to start paying for this. Yeah. Open the wallet. <laughs> yeah, that's what it says. Yep. Like, like, cut the shit. Will you, will you pony up some cash for the stuff you're enjoying? Uh, yeah. I love this. I'm so glad you put this out. I, I can't say it enough. It is Revisited by Urban Idols. 
Uh, check it out. Jason, thank you so much for doing this tonight. Uh, thanks for having me. I appreciate your support.